0: Uh, let's get into the early life of what's his name? Joseph, Joseph Brant. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hit it, Beth. So unfortunately, I could find nothing about Brant's early life. Nothing. Not even his date of birth. Mm. But based on his stated age in various articles, Brandt was probably born around 1971. In one article, he was quoted as saying that he had an eighth grade education. During later court
0: proceedings, one forensic psychologist diagnosed him with schizoaffective disorder, which is a mental health disorder that is marked by a combination of schizophrenia symptoms, such as hallucinations or delusions, and mood disorder symptoms, such as depression or mania.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like a cross between uh, schizophrenia and bipolar, it's not good.
0: Ah, I see, I see, okay. And without further ado, let's get into the timeline. What happened? Hit it, Beth.
1: (laughs) Well, court records show that Joseph Brandt was in and out of jail for a series of petty offenses around the time of the killings. He had been arrested for cocaine possession, possession of stolen property, and criminal damage to property, among other offenses. So he, yeah, I I don't know. He was... uh, not a good guy. He I,
0: well, he was a he was busy in terms of his criminal offenses. But I'm glad yes, that we pointed out busy. that he <laughs> he had been diagnosed with schizoaffective disorder after these crimes took place. And I wonder how much of his mental health is uh, a part of his survival and crime story. You know? Yeah, don't know. We don't know. But I have many questions. Anyway, Brent was cruising Galvage Street. Cruising. Oh, so fun. Remember Remember those days? (laughs) (laughs) He was cruising Galvest Street on October 17, 2007, when he spotted a woman and solicited her for sex. After she rejected his advance, he pulled a knife on her, then strangled her to death while trying to rape her. Although this woman has never been identified, she has been referred to as Jane Doe. And she was certainly a human being who had
1: people that loved her and she
0: did not deserve the ending that she got.
1: Yeah. Brandt then placed the woman's body inside a stolen car that had been abandoned in a secluded area near train tracks. He then poured gasoline on her body and set her on fire in order to cover up the murder. And Jane Doe was found burned beyond recognition inside the charred stolen car.
0: Mm. On January 11th, 2008, Jody Johnson, 47, was murdered. Jodi was a former cheerleader and homecoming queen from Warner Robins, Georgia, who joined the U.S. Navy. She became addicted to painkillers for migraines while serving in the Philippines, and she fell on hard times. Her father said she left Georgia with her boyfriend so that he could work in New Orleans as a carpenter.
1: According to Brandt, he saw Jodi walking in the 7th Ward, and he solicited her for sex. He then drove her to a remote area and forced her to perform oral sex on him with a gun to her head. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Then he forced her out of the car into an overgrown vacant lot, shot her in the head, and set her body on fire with gasoline. On August eleventh,
0: 2008, 32-year-old Jessica Hawk was stabbed to death in her Chartres Street home in Bywater. Jessica, an Ohio botanist, moved to uptown New Orleans in 2003 to begin a new job. She evacuated the city before Hurricane Katrina and the levee failures, Then she moved to Bywater two months later.
1: Jessica worked as an entomologist with the Audubon Institute and was awarded the first post-Katrina scholarship for graduate study in the biology department at the University of New Orleans. She was scheduled to begin her dream job at the New Orleans Botanical Garden at City Park the week following her death.
0: Oh, man.
1: Yeah, it's sad.
0: According to her friends and family, Jessica just loved New Orleans. Her aunt said, quote, she lost her house in Katrina, but she moved closer to the French quarter where this happened. She was just a good girl. She rode her bike all around town and just loved being here in New Orleans, unquote.
1: Friends became concerned when they hadn't heard from her for a day and more so after she failed to show up for work. New Orleans police performing a wellness check found Jessica dead on the floor of her home. She'd been stabbed to death. So these are escalating. Yes. And the first two were outside, Mm -hmm. and then this one was inside of the home, and and I couldn't find any information about, like, how did he get into the home or anything like that. Yeah. Well, gosh, what would we do without the OG of true crime? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. And I don't
0: want to know. Anyway, inaccurate information gathered from canvassing Bywater led authorities to release a sketch of a potential subject that bore no resemblance to Brent.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not one.
0: Didn't even look uh, remotely like him. Forensic (laughs) evidence recovered from Hawke's home was inconclusive. And those two facts helped her case go cold
1: for years. Then on September 27th, 2008, Kirsten Bridum, 25, was murdered. Kirsten was an activist from San Francisco who had come to town as a volunteer. She was the organizer of a monthly San Francisco gathering called the Really, Really Free Market, (laughs) at which people exchange goods and services. People brought their rummage to the park on the last Saturday of the month and gave it away.
0: That is such a wonderful idea. Yeah, it is. Wow. Oh, I hope somebody kept that going. According to friends and family, Kirsten loved the freedom of traveling and of cycling. Her friend Frank Lindsay said, quote, She was just an amazing individual that did things all directed at helping our planet peacefully coexist,
1: unquote. That's dope. Nice. Nice. Two months prior, Kirsten left San Francisco to tour the United States via Amtrak. As part of her trip, she protested outside the Republican National Convention in St. Paul, Minnesota, and spoke with housing activists in Philadelphia. Mm. She had arrived in New Orleans two days before her body was found. Oh,
0: man. In the early morning hours of September 27th, she was last seen alive riding her bike after socializing at a nightclub. Later that day, police found Kirsten's body abandoned in the Ninth Ward on Lausat Place in the Florida neighborhood,
1: about three miles northeast of the French Quarter. Brandt sexually assaulted her before shooting her in the head, then robbed her of her bicycle and tote bag. According to Brandt, he was on his way to buy gasoline to burn the body when he got into a car accident, so he ended up abandoning Kirsten's body on the street.
0: Well, I was wondering in the last one, like, did he have the gasoline with him? But no, he does the murder and then it's like, I need to go get me some gasoline. And And then he goes on down to the QT and comes back. which is
1: nuts. Yeah, Yeah.
0: that's unorganized. very well
1: planned. Yeah,
0: (laughs) thank you. (laughs) I'm learning so much on this show. Anyway, uh, so because she was found without a wallet or purse, Police initially believed her death occurred during a robbery gone wrong. Her body lay in the New Orleans morgue for two days before she was identified.
1: At the time that Jessica and Kirsten were killed, some suspected a link between the two murders. Jessica's murder occurred less than two miles from where Kirsten was killed and a little more than a month later. Their youth and the fact that they were recent arrivals to New Orleans fueled early speculation that their deaths could be linked. And I would also say that. Their social status also linked to them, whereas uh, the earlier, the two earlier women Mm -hmm. were of a different status.
0: Socioeconomic caste, if you will. Yes. 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 So now let's get into the investigation and the arrest. So in 2010, police released a composite sketch of a man wanted for questioning and Jessica Hawk's murder. And that same year, Crime Stoppers increased a reward for information leading to an arrest in the case to $25,000, but no solid suspect was developed. The killing eventually became a cold case tasked to NOPD Detective Winston Harbin. And fun fact about my boy Winston. <laughs> <laughs> Ever heard of hashtag original wobble cop? Wobble baby, wobble baby, wobble baby, wobble baby, wobble baby. Come on. Get up uh. Yeah, yeah, get up uh So anyway... <laughs> That's him, Officer Harbin, doing the famous wobble, baby, wobble, baby, (laughs) wobble, baby dance in a Santa Claus outfit. Oh, my God. I couldn't believe it. I was so excited to find this back and bring it to the pod. So just for those who don't know, the wobble line dance is a popular line dance in the Black community. And we do it at weddings and at parties. It's also popular at clubs, bars and schools and dances. But anybody from New Orleans knows Wobble Baby, Wobble Baby, Wobble Baby. And this detective
1: (laughs) has a viral video involving the dance.
0: Anyway, back to the story. Sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So a break in the case finally came in September of 2013. Harbin received information about a possible suspect and traveled to Texas to speak with Brandt who was incarcerated on unrelated burglary charges and was serving an 11-year sentence in Beaumont, Texas.
0: Brandt confessed to Hawke's murder during the interview with Wobble Baby, Wobble Baby, Wobble Cop, (laughs) Detective Harbin. And the detective secured an arrest warrant on February 5th, 2014. Brandt was charged with second-degree murder and obstruction of justice in the death of Jessica Hawke.
1: episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour a day? Hmm. Spend more time with your kids, go to the hmm. gym,
0: hmm. work on a hobby? Take a nap? (laughs) Can you do all those things in 60 minutes? Just kidding. (laughs) You know, a lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But what we do with that time, we don't always know. But the best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what it is. And therapy can help you figure that out. Find what matters to you most and make it a priority so that you can find the time to do more of it.
1: Yeah. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for everyone. Mm -hmm. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. And I've been in and out of therapy most of my life. Same. And it has had such a positive influence on my life that I honestly do not know who I would be without therapy. And I don't want (laughs) to (laughs) know.
0: I don't want to know either. (laughs) Listen, Bev and I have both used BetterHelp. Yeah. And we love it. And if you are thinking of starting therapy, you should give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely
1: online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit
0: BetterHelp.com fruit today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.
1: H-E-L-P dot slash fruit.
0: On your happy price, Priceline. So now let's get into the
1: trial. What the what, Beth? Well, there was no trial. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so at first, Brandt's attorneys raised questions about his mental competency, and Brandt refused to cooperate with a mental competency evaluation, becoming disruptive during a court appearance in October and refusing deputies' directives to come to court on December 1st.
0: But five days later, he was deemed competent by a court-appointed panel of doctors. And in December of 2016, Brant pleaded guilty to Jessica Hawke's murder. He offered Hawke's relatives no statement and no reason for Jessica's murder.
1: Jessica's aunt, Danita Shedden, said that she was glad that there was no trial. Quote, we wouldn't have been able to handle a trial. This already has been like reliving it all over again. But seeing him sitting there with nothing to say, no care about what he'd done, just made me seem more determined not to cry when I spoke to him and to be strong for Jessica, mm. unquote. Wow. Yeah.
0: Both Danita Shedden and Jessica's brother, Brandon Hawk, read victim impact statements directed to Brandt in court. Brandon also read a statement written by Jessica's grandmother, Bonnie Hawk.
1: Quote, the pain is so bad, I feel like I'm smothered and can't catch my breath. Words cannot express the devastation of losing her. As you stand before a judge in court today, I have no vengeance toward you. It will be enough knowing you will never be able to hurt anyone else again. Someday you will stand before a higher judge and your soul will be on trial, (sighs) Granny dropped the mic. Yeah. Yeah. So Brant was sentenced to
0: life in prison to be served after he finished his time in Texas. Then in January of 2018, Brant confessed to the other three murders. Authorities sent an investigator to the prison outside Huntsville, Texas, after Brandon told his attorneys he wanted to provide information on other unsolved killings in New Orleans.
1: So I don't I couldn't figure out exactly how this occurred if he just offered it up. That's what it sounded like. Yeah. And I don't know why, but in exchange, he wanted an agreement that he would not face the death penalty. And that he would serve his sentence in a Louisiana penitentiary. Mm-hmm. So it may be that he wanted to go to Louisiana.
0: Oh, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I don't, maybe I don't things really got know.
1: uncomfortable in Texas. Well, I hear that Texas sucks. So <sighs> Wait, I haven't heard that. <laughs> I, I, I thought... Number
0: one destination in the world for anybody who's marginalized
1: or poor or... But I can't believe that Louisiana prisons are any better. So I don't know. Good point. Good good point. Oh, my God. There are no
0: lies in any of your statements.
1: So after this agreement, he then gave detailed confessions to killing the three women.
0: But it was a hot mess. In multiple court appearances he yelled and swore at officials hollering and carrying on. And at one point, he refused to sign the plea document. In 2019, an Orleans Parish Criminal District Court judge ruled he was mentally incompetent and could not stand trial. Get him out of here. We don't have time for this nonsense.
1: <laughs> A forensic psychologist said he believed that Brant suffered from schizoaffective disorder, saying, quote, his symptoms seem to fluctuate and schizoaffective disorder involves a combination of symptoms of schizophrenia and bipolar disorder, unquote.
0: After treatment in a mental health facility, the case was allowed to go forward in February of 2020. Then, <laughs> remember this bitch? COVID caused yeah. all kinds of delays in proceedings, as everything, including the courthouse, closed down. After the pandemic delays, court proceedings finally picked up again in 2021.
1: Brant pleaded guilty to three counts of first-degree murder in a plea deal that spared him the death penalty. Brant finally signed his plea form, but at a hearing, he continued to interrupt the judge and lawyers.
0: After hearing a detective account of his confession, Brant said, quote, he's saying stuff I didn't even tell him, ma'am, unquote. (laughs) Brant acknowledged killing the women, but said he, quote, unquote, only kidnapped Bridham and did not have sex with her or the victims, despite his confession about forcing them
1: to perform oral sex.
0: Okay. Are you lying then or are you lying now? Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Even as Brandt entered his final plea, he had another outburst in court. He began berating his own public defenders, calling one a fucking two-legged dog. Oh! Yeah. And then saying, quote, he always got some fucking bullshit going on, unquote.
0: Wow. You know, I love uh, this guy's a monster, but he really said what he meant with his chest. Yeah. He gave it all. He gave, he gave it his all. He didn't hold back. And uh, he's still going to jail, though. <laughs> anyway, Brant refused to move forward until a black attorney arrived to represent him. Then at last, he pleaded guilty to the three counts of first degree murder.
1: So where are they now? Tell us, Beth. Well, in 2018, Jessica Hawke's brother, Brandon Hawk said his family travels regularly to New Orleans to maintain a garden that had been erected in his sister's honor.
0: That is so beautiful. Yeah. On the other hand, Kristen Bridham's mother, Mamie Page, who lives in California, said the idea of traveling to New Orleans is too painful. She said she's glad authorities can close their investigation into her daughter's killing, but a sense of healing remains elusive for her family.
1: Quote, there is no closure for losing a child in such a way. Mm. It's horrible and it's unfathomable Mm -hmm. because knowing her, you can't imagine anyone would want to hurt her. Unquote. Mm. Wow. Yeah.
0: So now let's get into our takes and what we think made Brandt snap. Okay. What do you got,
1: Beth? Well, he would have been around 36 Uh when he committed the first murder, the uh, Jane Doe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I have a hard time believing it was his first because, I do too. Just based on how things went. Yeah. Well, not only that, but serial killers don't usually start that old.
0: Right. And also the schizoaffective this disorder, the disorder, ugh, like, the disorder yeah. that's not something that manifests usually in your thirties. That's something
1: that manifests in your twenties. normally, yeah, Right. I, I think so. Yes. Or at least earlier than thirty-six. Right. Like it, it I mean, could that's start manifesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I have no idea what made him snap. Mm. I wish I knew more about his early life. It sounds like he only had an eighth grade education. So it doesn't sound like he had a great childhood.
0: Yeah, it sounds like there were uh, challenges based on his rap sheet. Um, Survival was on his priority list. But I think this is all speculation, but mental health challenges. And again, trying to survive, he, I think that contributed to his willingness to harm other people.
1: Yeah. His desire to hurt other people.
0: Right. Right. And I was thinking about schizoaffective disorder symptoms. Again, it's odd to me that they manifest in your close to 40 is something I'm, I didn't know happened. And I was surprised given that this happened that we don't know more about this case or the perpetrator's early lives or more about the lives of the victims there yeah at there the time, really
1: wasn't very much out there about this story which is is also
0: odd weird. because we had yeah. the internet around katrina we had myspace we had social media profiles even though they were you know rudimentary i guess facebook was right. around um but the details of the case must have slipped through the cracks given all the disasters that came after it that you know the, yeah. uh, there's the aftermath of katrina and then there's covid19 and I think there was an oil spill in between there somewhere. Like, Yeah, probably. There was a lot going on. <laughs> and I'm glad the three of the victim's families got to see the person responsible get convicted and put away. But weirdly, yeah. I also thought a lot about how this case provided different examples of what the loved ones left behind think and how they feel and try to exist in a world without their loved ones. Like yeah, visiting the city and the garden
1: and not, you know, not one, being able n- not to being visit able the city. To.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I also hope that one day Jane Doe gets identified.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Beth, where can the people find us?
1: Our website is fruitloopspod.com and we use Fruit Loops Pod for all of our social media.
0: This is a weekly podcast and new episodes drop every Thursday. So until next time, look alive, y'all. It's crazy out there.
1: a woohooer, a hand clap a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at
0: ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seton Tucker and I host the podcast Impact of Influence,